0: wonderful Savior we worship. Come on, let's lift your voices in worship. Come on, lift your praise to God. He is our undefeated champion. Come on, if you know that he has won every battle for you, he has paid the price for everything for you, your sickness, your sins, your hangups. Come on, we ought to be saying something back to God. He has won every battle. Every battle has been won. Every battle has won every battle Thank you, God. Ooh, and because of that we give him praise because of that, we give him Thank worship come you. on lift your voice this morning lift your voice you. lift your voice like a trumpet you, hallelujah. hallelujah 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 you won every battle hallelujah you fought every battle you are undefeated hallelujah we give you praise We give you glory. We give you honor. Hallelujah. Come on and clap those hands real good. Clap those hands real good. Come on, clap those hands real good. I'm looking for my church this morning. Clap your hands real good. Come on. Don't just clap your hands, but now open up your mouth to put a praise with it. Come on, clap and clap in the praise at the same time. Come on, we gotta shift the atmosphere here. Come on, clap and the praise at the same time. Clap and open up your mouth to tell God thank you. Clap and tell God that He's good. Clap and tell God that He's kind. Clap and tell God that He's merciful. Clap and tell God that He's good and good all the time. <laughs> oh my! What a good God. What a good God we serve. Listen, do we realize we have made it to the 12th month of 2022. My goodness, I wish you would say something. Yes, thank you, God. Through trials and tribulations, let me try it again and find my church. Woo! We have made it yes. to the 12th month of 2022 in the midst of of a global pandemic let me find my church real quick I said we have made it through dangers seen and unseen trials and tribulations we've made it to the 12th month of 2022 some that started off with us in in January are not here right now but through the grace and mercy and kindness of God here we are in the 12th month of 2022. I need you to say something. God has been good. God has been too good. God has been too kind for us not to give him the praise, the glory, and the honor for allowing us to breathe this air for 12 months. Oh, y'all making me work too hard this morning, but that's okay. We have made it to the 12th month. Through trials and tribulations and ups and downs, sicknesses and illnesses and uncertainties, surgeries, we have made it by the grace and mercy of God. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? It's not that we've been so good, saints. It's not that we've been so kind. It's the direct opposite. God has been so good and God has been so kind to allow us to be able to make it to this point. Come on and clap those hands real good. My, 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 hallelujah. Listen, good morning, Hope Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the well. We are so glad that you are here worshiping with us in person. We're so glad that you made it a priority today to get up, to get dressed, and to make your your way to the house of worship. Can you help me praise God for our Hope at Home online viewers? Those that are watching via Facebook and YouTube, go ahead and share it if you have not already. We're so glad that you have tuned in to be a part of the Hope World Experience. I am in just in great anticipation and expectation of what God is going to do. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm just knowing that God is going to do something in our midst today. Listen, something that we don't do that we got to do occasionally, and that's to be able to testify of God's goodness, grace, and mercy. Listen, one of our own, Sister Teresa Walls, one of our trustees, she has been cancer-free two three I think at the max four years and she texted me one day she said pastor are you free to talk I said yes ma'am so she called me she said I went to the doctor and she was a long pause I said well sister Walls is everything okay she said no my cancer is back cancer came back and uh, she's having to go through the whole process again she had just grown the hair back she was excited about that and realizing that Hair is gonna come out again, so, see She gotta go through everything else all over again. The doctor visits, the, the poking, and all those different things, the needles and all those different things. Um, she texted me the other day. She said, Pastor, I got good news. She said, My cancer, my cancer marks are down, and December will be her last month of treatments. I wish somebody would help me, praise God, but He still heals today. <laughs> That's good news, that's good news, that's good news this morning. He is yet still a healer. He can do it supernaturally or he can do it with medicine. But the end story is he yet still heals. And because of a great God like that, we ought to give him a great praise for being a great God and still healing today. (laughs) My, 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 my. A great God deserves great praise the resilience that it takes to face cancer not once but twice can only be done through the strength and power of God I know she's had her moments, but man, the grace, the power, the strength that she has been in encouraging others and being in her own bed of affliction, that she has trusted God and relied upon God and, 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 and believed that God is going to heal her. And here is my prayer. We prayed this morning on the prayer line uh, for first, first Sunday prayer. My prayer this morning is that once this is over, that she will never see this giant again called cancer, that she will be cancer-free, that every time she will go to the doctor, they will. I wish somebody would help me pray, God by faith that every time she will go to the doctor after this month that they will see absolutely nothing that the deal will be sealed why he's already paid for it he's already sealed the deal and so we're going to praise God in advance yes. Yes. Thank you God. Yes. for God being God I wish I had a church this morning I said we're going to praise God in advance yes God. Bless Jesus. that this giant called cancer That she would see no more. That we would see it no more. That God is going. Nope, let me back it up. God is already getting the glory out of her story. That's the type of God that we serve. Be encouraged, saints, no matter what you're facing no matter what is going on. You may not know what's going to happen, but he knows what's going to happen. Just like he asked Philip, Philip, how are you going to feed these 5,000 plus men, plus women and children? I don't know, but he already knew what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. When we don't have control, thank God that we serve a God that is yet still in control. Come on and clap those hands real good. Music ministry is coming, and I'll be right back with the word. Help me praise God for our music ministry as they come. Satisfied. That's one of those songs you can't sing too long. It it turned the church up. (laughs) The old church used to find satisfaction in Jesus and Jesus alone. He didn't have to have a lot of stuff. They realized everything that they needed was in the Master. Don't you holler at that again, woman of God. I am so satisfied. Grab your Bibles and go with me to Genesis chapter 38. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, God.
0: Somebody said, When I think of the goodness of Jesus Jesus. and all that He's done for me,
1: my soul cries out. Yes, thank you, God.
0: Hallelujah. Woo! Thank God for saving who? Thank you, God. Genesis chapter thirty-eight. Woo! Thank you, God. Just one verse, verse thirty, Genesis thirty-eight. Hallelujah!
1: Thank you, God.
0: I'm glad our pastor, church, that we don't mind praising God. Thank you, God.
2: Yes.
0: I'm, I, I, oh, I'm glad that our pastor, church, that we're not a part of the frozen chosen. That we sit here and are bougie yes. and stuck up Hallelujah. and can't praise God. That we thank don't you, mind. Jesus open up our mouth and tell them the Lord thank you that we don't mind if need be if we got to cut a step that we don't mind doing yes, that because right, she'll the she'll truth be of the matter is this God so enough yes. has been good yes. to us God has been gracious enough God has been mindful enough to allow us to see the 12th month of 2022. Can we be honest and corporately testify that we have been trifling some of these 12 months, but God has been faithful. I wish I had a church this morning. God has been faithful. God has been good. He has opened up doors. He has provided. He has healed your bodies. He has healed relationships. He has restored your mind. He has kept you. He has kept you. He has kept you, he has kept you he has kept you, he has kept your kids, he has kept your grandkids, he has kept your siblings, he has kept your family, he has kept your job he has made ways out of no ways and because of that we come today to tell God thank you my 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 we come today to tell God thank you we come to open up our mouths and say, God, we thank you that yes. things are as well as they got. God, we thank you for being God and God all by yourself. Thank you, God. Yes, God. Thank you. God. My, my, my. You, my, my, my. Oh, my, my, my. Thank you, God. My, my, my. We make no apologies. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Thank you. Hallelujah. He's just been better to us. Than we've been to ourselves. He's been better than good, y'all. Yes, he's been better than good. He's been better. Yes. So good. So many doors he's opened. So many ways he's made. So many times he's healed us. He's been better yes, than yes. good. Ooh, he's been our sustainer. He's been our anchor, Sister Baker. When we wanted to drown and give up, He's been our hope for tomorrow. Joy for every sorrow.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: He's been better. He's been better. Better than good. Genesis chapter 38, verse 30. Mm, 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 mm.
2: Yes, God.
0: Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful Savior! I wouldn't trade Him for nothing. <laughs> oh, what a good God! Genesis 38 and verse 30 just one verse and it reads this then the baby with the scarlet string on his wrist was born and his name was Zerah and other versions it may say Perez father thank you for your presence God I thank you that there is no magical spiritual potion for your presence all it is is that we come wanting you and when we want you God you show up (laughs) and I love it so even when we're not sure you still show up Because sometimes, Father, we don't even realize that we need you, but you show up. And then we realize that was all we needed was you. So thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your strength. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's precious people said Amen. As you're taking your seat, greet your neighbors, just fist bump them, say hello, smile, let them do something. Let them know that you're glad. If you're watching online, say something in the comment section, the section just say good morning, say something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to start an Advent series today in preparation of us preparing ourselves for the coming Savior entitled, She Shouldn't Be Here. Advent is a Latin word that means coming. And it starts the fourth Sunday of November and takes us all the way up until Christmas. As we look at the scriptures to be able to have a better understanding about Christmas. Many of us already have trees up. Some even have some gifts underneath the tree. Some even already have their Christmas list planned out what they are gonna get. Some have written on their list I'm gonna get pastor a nice Dunkin Donuts gift card to make sure that my shepherd has the caffeine that he needs for the day. God bless your heart. Some have already started Amazon shopping and finding different deals to be able to get their loved ones their favorite gifts. But can I tell you that Christmas is not just about getting gifts? All right. It's good to be able to do that. I know some over spiritual things. there's nothing wrong with showing your love and expressing uh, uh, love by giving gifts to those that we love. Nothing wrong with that at all. But there, there is more to this thing called Christmas than just gifts. There is the birth of the greatest gift that you and I can be able to have. Yeah. We have something in common with Jesus. It shows us over in Matthew chapter one, Matthew introduces the book of Matthew by going through the genealogy of Jesus. Now, if you're like me, I'll be honest, I never really paid too much to it because it's long and a lot of names that I don't know how to pronounce. So I kind of overlook it and get to the end of the genealogy and skip on to the other verses where words I can be able to say and find something that's relevant to my life. Don't look at me like that because you've done the same thing. (laughs) But when we go back and really do our homework, we can see at looking at the genealogy of Jesus that we have something in common with him. Matthew does a good job of introducing four women that stand out in the genealogy of Jesus. Starting off, you see all of these different names of men, that this was the son of this man, this was the son of this man, but then as you go on in there, you see that he begins to say, and then Perez was the son of Tamar, and go down the line, and this was the son of Ruth, and this was the son of Bathsheba, and this was the son of Mary. When you begin to do your homework, we find out, Mother Algie, that we have a lot in common with Jesus. As you look at the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, if you look in Luke's gospel at the genealogy of Jesus, you will see as you go through the names, you will be surprised at some of the people that you see. And not so much, Sister Baker, about the names that you see. Once you begin to research the names, Coach Nichols, and begin to see their background, you will say to yourself, how in the world did they get here to be on the list to be included in the genealogy of Jesus? For women who have sinful, messy paths, but are included now. in the genealogy of Jesus. Why does Matthew include, Minister Lynn, four women who have jacked up past that are connected to a sinless Savior? All of it allows us not to focus so much on their past, but to be able to see Jesus in the midst of their sinful, messy lives. All of us in here have something in common with Jesus. All of us in here, if we were to take the time and to do our genealogy homework and trace our ancestry and go beyond just big mama and granddaddy, we will begin to see some people that we may not even know about that we have never heard of, but if we do research on the mother algae, we will come to realize that our bloodline is not as clean and nice (laughs) that we thought it was. We will begin to realize that we have some people that we are genetically connected with that have done some jacked up stuff in life. But yet, for some reason, Jesus was still allow Jesus was still allowed for them to be a part of our ancestry. We have something in common with Jesus. What is that? That all of our bloodlines are not squeaky clean. Genesis 37 talks about the life of Joseph and being in Potiphar's house. I love how it starts off because it 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 it, it, it leaves you in verse 36. By saying, meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. It leaves you on the edge of your seat because you thinking that in the next chapter in chapter 38 that it's going to be a continuation about Joseph. We're trying to figure out, all right, now he's been sold into captivity. Now he's in Potiphar's life. What's going to happen? It just makes sense chrono- chronologically for chapter 38 to be about Joseph, but someone gets introduced to us in chapter
2: 38
0: that flips the whole entire story it's almost like watching a good show and all of a sudden it gets interrupted on Netflix uh, 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 with the commercial and you're like wait a minute this has nothing to do with my you mean to tell me you interrupted my good show for this chapter 38 brings in a woman by the name of Tamar Tamar is a Canaanite woman who has been married off to a brother named Ur. Er. Tamar's wish and desire is to be able to be a mother. But all of a sudden, because her husband has lived such an evil life, God takes him out just like and according to the law, now because now his father Judah had three sons. Now that R is er is there. Now the next brother, Onan, is to come up and to marry Tamar. She has no choice but to marry Onan. She cannot go on date.com, single.com, hook me up, Holy Ghost with a new boo.com. She can't go to any of those things. She has to marry the next brother in lie. because according to the law, the law says if your brother dies, the next brother is to marry that, to marry that woman so that she's no longer a widow, bear her a son, provide for that son, but that son would not be yours. He would carry on the legacy of your brother. But now this brother Onan messes up, messes up, he messes up, he messes up, he goes and he sleeps with Tamar, but what he does not do, he does not allow himself to, Calls her to become pregnant he does the direct opposite he does not allow for him to allow he doesn't allow for himself to impregnate Onan and so because of this what he has done along with doing evil in the eyes of God God causes Onan to die Tamar is left as a widow again and childless again. In a society where her survival is based off of a man. A messy situation she's in. A hopeless situation that she's in. I gotta use my sanctified imagination for a moment and think to myself, what in the world was going through Tamar's mind right now? Not one, but two husbands have died. There's a third brother named Sheila, but he's not old enough to marry. And Judah, probably being afraid, said, no, you're not about to marry my last boy because the last two that was with you They just poof and dif- disappeared. I don't know what's going on with you, but you're not about to get my third boy. But he promised her and says that once he's of age, he'll marry you. Now go on, go back to your daddy's house, and I'll text you once he's of age. <laughs> hopeless situation that she's in. Can we be honest this morning that Tamar is not the only one that has been in hopeless? Situations Tamar is not the only one that had great expectations. Can't you imagine? They might have had a beautiful wedding. Oh my gosh, the church was decked out with beautiful flowers. She might have walked down the aisle in a beautiful gown and she was excited about the future, what was going to happen not knowing, not knowing that God was going to take her husband, not knowing that she was going to be forced to marry her brother-in-law who she probably didn't really want to be with because hey, she probably would have chose him over her, but she got with her, not wanting to be with Onan. but she has no choice but to marry who Judah says that she can marry. You, can under, you have to understand that women's rights at that time, there were none. You did exactly Exactly what the males in your life told you to do. She did it in her father's house. And then when her father married her off to her she had to comply with whatever her said. And now that Ur is gone, she has to comply with whatever Judah says for her to do. She has no choice but to marry Onan. We've been there, hopes up, excited. And then bam, out of nowhere, Life changes for us just like that. There was no there was no indicator. There was no indication that life was going to change. There was no text message that life was going to change. There was no message. All of a sudden, life just began to change. And her hope was lost. Her hope was gone. Her hope was erased, not knowing what the future was going to hold because everything in her life now is predicated on a man providing for her and doing for her. And now with no man, she She has no covering. She has no provision. She has absolutely nothing. She goes back home and stays in her daddy's house waiting for a man to give her a man. Hope. I like this working definition of hope. It's just two simple words. Confident expectation. That's all that hope is, is. Hope is confident expectation. Confident expectation that I am confident enough because you showed it you showed this morning. You were confident enough that, these pew, that you were expecting these pews to be able to hold you. Nobody checked in with the ushers and said hey, when's the last time these pews have been inspected? When were they installed? When were they maintenance? You came in and you sat down. You put your coat down. You just had a good old time. You had confident expectation that this pew was going to hold you. Take I had confident expectation that my life is getting ready to change for the better, and then bam, everything is gone. All hope is lost because here it is: the reality of the matter is this. When our expectations war with our reality, our hope is shattered. All right. We see it in the we see it in the story. It's in the story right there. We see it in the story. When our expectations war with our reality, our hope is shattered when our expectations conflict with our realities when what we expected does not happen and the new reality that we have is not what we thought that it was going to be our hope is gone All right. let me get in your business a little bit this morning what do you do when your hope is shattered Oh, man, what do you do when your hope is shattered? Where do you turn when your hope is shattered? What do you, who do you talk to when your hope is shattered? In other words, what is your hope plan? What do you do when you have lost all hope in your life, when things have not been the way that you thought it was going to be? Some of us can be able to attest to the fact right now that, hey, what I declared and decreed in January of 2022 does does not look anything like December. 2022 what have you done to be able to help yourself cope through your hope being shattered because many of us right now we come to church Sunday after Sunday and our hope has been shattered we go to work every day and our hope has been shattered we're at home taking care of kids and being there by ourselves and our hope is shattered we're going through life day after day minute by minute moment by moment and our hope is shattered what do you do when your reality Doesn't match. Your expectation. Look at verse 11 of of, 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 of of Genesis chapter 38, because it says right there, it says right there, it says, it says this. It says, Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, go back to your parents' home and remain and remain and, and remain a widow until my son Sheila is old enough to marry you. But Judah didn't really attend to do this because he was afraid Sheila will also die, like his two brothers. So Tamar went back to live in her house. Father's life, what she thought, what she expected, did not happen. And now her hope is shattered. She goes back home and she's in her father's house. Uncertain about what the future is going to be for. Can you imagine she had to ask herself the question, even though her husband's died because they were wicked before God, I got to believe she asked herself the question, what's wrong with me? (laughs) God, what's wrong with me? Have Have you ever had your hope so shattered that you begin to ask God, God, is that something wrong with me? God, am I the problem? God, am I the issue? What's going on? Because it seems like I am, I am the main component that when something goes down, it points back to me. God, is there something wrong with me? Goes back. Her hope is shattered. And not only is her hope shattered, but she, she, she's, she's hanging her life off of the hope of what Judah says. Judas says, go back to your daddy's house. Be a widow there. He'll provide for you. He'll take care for you in the time being when my son Sheba is old enough i will send him to come and get you but the bible put in parentheses that judah did not intend to do what he said he was not going to send his son to go and marry her because he saw what happened to his two older sons so he was using wisdom and protecting his legacy and his son by saying i'm not going i'm going to tell her i'm a to lie to her and say this but i'm not going to send my son because i don't want any, i don't want to lose my third and my last son either she's hanging her life off of the words of Judah in hope and confident expectation and hope that soon one day that she is going to marry her son. Bible says, time goes on. Years go on. And now Judah's wife dies. And after the time of mourning was over, Bible says that she gets word that Judah's about to go and shear his sheep. Imagine, use your sanctified imagination for a moment, saints, two husbands are gone. She's waiting on Sheila to get of age to marry her. She's waiting on this third brother who she may not really want to be with, but this is our only choice of survival. Mm-hmm. But the intent of Judah's heart Is not to send his son. So she has confident expectation on something that she thinks is going to happen, but behind the scenes, it's not going to happen. And she's waiting, and years go by. Can I ask you a question? How do you wait on God?
1: All right, that's a good one.
0: What is your posture when you're waiting on God? What is the condition of your heart when you are waiting on? God I gotta I gotta believe I'm not the only one in here that I get impatient I want God to move quick fast and in a hurry I want God to do stuff real quick I want to be like in the Bible when he says that suddenly things happen I want God to suddenly move in my life right then right now how I desire for him to do and sometimes I have the audacity that when God does not move how I want him to Mama Lou that I get an attitude with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he did not comply with my demands in how I wanted him to move in my life at the time I wanted him to move and when I wanted him to move and how I, I know I'm not the only okay. one that have been there before, not just one, not just twice, but a few times in my life and probably will do it a few more times as I keep on living and breathing his air. But what I, what is the posture of our heart when we're waiting on God? Are we waiting with expectation and knowing that God is going to keep his promise and do exactly what he said? Or are we waiting on God? God with the intent that if he does not move by my calendar I have a plan B because here it is thank you Holy Spirit when our hope is shattered we become desperate and we make desperate moves to find hope I wish I had a church in here this morning. Don't look at me in that tone of the face. I say when our hope has been shattered, when our hope and our reality and our expectations don't connect, we are desperate to the place that we are looking and searching for anything that resembles hope in any form or way. And Tamara's no different. She's no different. She's no different. She takes matters into her own hands. Bible says that she realizes time has gone by. She gets word that her mother-in-law that went home to be with the Lord. Nobody told her about the funeral. Nobody told her about the repast. She wasn't able to walk in with the family and look in and say, that ain't her. <laughs> God, Don't y'all look at Everybody got that one family member that you get word that somebody's about to die. You said, Lord, let, let them not be able to come to the funeral because they find until they walk down an aisle and get to that casket and these get bucked and they just go, they lose it every time. <laughs> My sister, she went to a funeral. Somebody that she did not even know and wept uncontrollably. My brother-in-law looking at her like, what is wrong? I don't know, I just can't stop crying. Wept uncontrollably, we all got that one person. She gets word. But she realizes something's not adding up. You told me, Judah, that you were going to reach out to me when Sheila came of age. You were going to send him to come and marry me. Years have gone by. Your wife has died. And I'm still a widow with no provision, with no child. Bible says that now she begins to take matters into her own hands because get this, you all, desperation is sometimes the product of shattered hope. When we are desperate, sometimes that's an indicator that our hope has been shattered and I'm looking and going after anything that resembles hope. Get this, even if it's only temporary, we just need something to be able to anchor us in the moment and we are willing to settle for something temporary than Help to find something God. long-lasting. Help
1: us. Help
0: us, Lord. Bible says she gets word that he's there. Getting ready to shear his sheep, and she said, Okay, I got a plan, I got a plan, I got a plan, I got a plan, I got a plan. Bible says that now Sheila has grown up. There have been no arrangements that have been made for her to be able to marry him. So what she does is she changes her clothes. She gets out of her widow's clothes and she goes down and she she drapes her face. She puts a veil over her face and she goes down to where her father in law is and she plays as if she is a prostitute. She's a smart woman. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it's unwanted wise is unwise for her to do is sinful for what she is doing but please just follow me along with the story she goes and she sat beside the wall she sat beside the road at the entrance and now she put herself in position I'm telling you she's a she's a wise woman she puts herself in position so that Judah can be able to see her and only her Judah noticed her Verse 15 says, You'd have noticed her and thought she was a prostitute since she had covered her face. So he stopped and propositioned her. He says, Let me have sex with you, he said. Not realizing that she was his own daughter in law. Get it? She's smart. This was her response. She said, How much (laughs) will you pay to have sex with me? Tamar asked, Oh my goodness. Don't y'all, don't y'all shut down on me. Y'all, y'all watch too much reality TV? Don't shut down on me. Don't shut down on me. It's right here. It's, we're, we're in a safe place. We're in the book this morning. I watch the Housewives of Atlanta or all those other shows. We're in the safe place. We're in the world. We're in the world this morning. She says, How much will you pay to have sex with me? He said, I'll send you a young goat from my flock, Judah promised. But what will you give me? But what will you give me to guarantee that you will send the goat? She asked. What kind of guarantee do you want? He replied. She answered, Leave me your identification seal. And his cord and the walking stick you are carrying so Judah gave them to her then he had intercourse with her and she became pregnant Tamar knew exactly what she needed to do to be able to get the job done. I told you that desperation is is sometimes the product of shattered hope. She knew what she had to do because why? She got to a place and some of us have gotten here before in our lives that they've gotten fed up and said too many people have broken their promises towards me. Too many people have not kept their word and so now she moves and she goes into survival mode and she's looking to do whatever it is that she needs to do to be able to cause herself to have a better life for herself and to be able to sustain. I know, I know it's wrong for what she did, but many of us have been there before that we are fighting just trying to survive. We're fighting just trying to be able to make it another day and sometimes desperation will cause us to do stuff that we said that we would never do. Sometimes desperation will cause us to say stuff that we said that we would never say. Desperation will Will sometimes cause us to think and scheme in ways that we never thought that we would be able to do and then creates a messy situation. All right. Woo, it All she's trying to do is to sustain her life for the future. Oh, that's many of us. That's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to keep ourselves. We're just trying to sustain ourselves for where we're trying to go in life. God, I know it might be wrong what I'm thinking about doing. God, I know it might be wrong what I'm thinking What I'm thinking right now in my head. God, I know it was wrong for what I did. I'm just trying to sustain myself. I'm just trying to find a little bit of hope. I'm just trying to get myself together. I'm just trying to take care of myself because somebody has said I made up in my mind. This is the last year somebody breaks their promises towards me. This is the last time someone does I keep the word. And so I'm done enough to go out and do whatever it is I have to do to find a little bit of hope even if it's temporary. That's what she's at. She wasn't no fool. She said, Judah, if you're going to lay, you're going to pay. She said, I need a guarantee that you're going to fulfill And do just what you said that you would do. What is she doing? Survival. Survival. That's what she's doing. She's surviving. She's making sure that you are going to do just what you said. Give me your walking stick. Give me your ID card. Just so that I can be sure to know that when the deal has been sealed, you're going to send me to go. She does it. She lays with them. Comes pregnant. Look at the story, you all. Look at the story. Look at the story. Look at verse 20. She gets home. She realizes she's pregnant. Judah keeps his word. He sends the goat by one of his friends. Get there. They say, Hey, where's the prostitute that was here by the road? They said, Hey, they said, in this neighborhood, we ain't got no prostitutes on the side of the road. We ain't got none over here. They said, no. There was a lady that was here, that Judah proposition, and he slept with her. Word gets back to Judah. We can't find her. Okay. at school. Word gets back that now his daughter-in-law is pregnant and he's trying to figure out how is she pregnant and she ain't been one of my sons two of my sons are dead and Sheila is still with me I didn't keep my word by sending Sheila with her because I was afraid that God would take his life like he did my two other sons I gave her false hope. I gave her false promises. I told her to go back and be with her father. But how can she be pregnant? Because remind you, she doesn't have a choice in who she sleeps with. She has to sleep with whomever the man in her life tells her to sleep with. And so Judah flips the script real quick. He says, go and find Tamar, Tamar, bring her to me so we can burn her. Can I stick in a little bit of what's wrong with the church today and the saints today? That we are more hypocritical and judgmental of other people's sins more than we are our own sins that we are more aware of other people's sins more than we are our own sins. Judah, you have the audacity to say that you're getting ready to burn this woman because she's gotten pregnant by another man. But you proposition a prostitute? Tamar comes on the scene. She's so smooth. She's so wise. She gets there. You got to look at this, y'all. You got to read your Bible. I'm telling you, we're spending money on Netflix, and all we got to do is open the Bible right here. It's right here in the book. It's right here in the book. It's right here in the book. He says in verse 24, about three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has acted like a prostitute, and now, because of this, she's pregnant. Bring her out and let her be burned, Judah demanded. Verse 25, but as they were taking her to kill her, she sent this message to her father-in-law. The man who owns these things made me pregnant. Look closely, whose seal and cord and walking stick are these. Judah recognized them immediately and said, she is more righteous than I am because I did not arrange for her to marry my son, Shelah. and Judah never slept with Tamar again as soon as he is confronted with his own sins, uh, because I gotta throw this in there because we have given women, we have given women a hard time in the church, we have made women, old school church, get up before the church and apologize to the church for getting pregnant, when they didn't get pregnant by the church they got pregnant by a single person but we never called the brother out that got her pregnant but we sat the woman down, we abused her, we talked about her, we put her down and never highlight the fact that you have some folks tipping and tipping and grinning and sending going around doing everything else but we put the woman out there you put the woman out there and so now Now, 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 she flips the script and causes Judah to be able to see the reality of his own sins. And every now and then, what God would do for those that are so high and mighty, every now and then, what God would do for those that are so churchy and judgmental, every now and then, what God would do for those that just think they just all that in the bag of chips, he will allow us to encounter our own sins. And all Judah could say, you are more righteous than I am. Why? Because he realized I did not keep my promise by sending her my son. And not only that, but I stuck with the woman that wasn't my wife. She gets pregnant. The Bible says that she births two sons. One son is named Perez. Perez. That is the son that is in line in the genealogy of Jesus. A messy situation that points back and traces to a perfect Savior. A messy situation. That's in the bloodline of Jesus. Here's the big idea of this, thing. So we're getting ready to go. I'm so glad that God steps into our mess through his son, Jesus Christ, and helps us clean up our mess. I'm so glad that God steps into our mess through his son, Jesus Christ, because he realized and knew because here it is thanks of God Jesus came to die for people that were in his bloodline Jesus came to die Jesus was born so that he could be able to die for people just like Tamar who have been out there that have done some things that have said some things that have lived in some ways that were ungodly Jesus came not just to die for people like Tamar Jesus came to die for people like us that will be liars that will be thieves that will be murderers with our hands and our words Jesus steps into our mess through his son Jesus Christ who knew no sin but became sin so that we become the righteousness of God and helps us to be able to clean it up a messy situation
1: thank you God
0: but the story of Tamar helps us to be able to see hope in the soon coming Savior that is to be birthed in the manger in a city called Bethlehem, whose name is to be Jesus, who would take away all the sins of the world. We got something in common with Jesus. Ain't none of our bloodlines squeaky clean. And the good news of the story, the good news of the birth of Christ is that we wait in great anticipation and expectation of a Savior who will step into our mess. And not step into our mess, the judges of our mess, but steps, in, steps into our mess with us and helps us to clean up, get this, the mess that we've made. Can we thank God for the gift of grace? That grace steps into our mess and helps us clean up the mess that we made? That's the good news of the story. That's the hope that we have in waiting on the Savior. That God through his son, Jesus, enters into this world So that we may be saved. What a gift. What a gift. That someone like Tamar will go down in history in being a part of the genealogy of Jesus. She's not supposed to be there. We don't deserve grace, but God. But God, no matter how messy your situation is this morning, as the old preachers would say, there's room at the cross for you. No matter how jacked up your life is by the way that you have created it to be, there is yet still room at the cross for you. No matter how you may be living right now, you don't have to stay there because there's room and there's space and grace for him to turn your life around. If you're here this morning and you got a messy situation, I got good news for you. God sent his son named Jesus to step into it and to help you clean it up. We can't say that once I get myself together, then I come to the Lord. No, no, no. We don't have to do any of that. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for grace. They already got their cover. All we have to do is give Him our life today, and He will make the difference in our lives. Our testimony may not be as scandalous as Tamar, but whatever your testimony is, and don't you dare judge her for what you've done. You thought of worse. We've thought of worse. But just as if there was grace for her, there's grace for you. If you're in this room today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior,